The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius's Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass gingerbread man soap that you can enjoy without going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs, that is. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B. B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. You'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Hey, kids. This only five more days till yak shaving day. I can hardly wait. So start decorating your house with disposable diapers. And remember to stuff dad's rubber boots with coleslaw. Then, on Kilted Yak's Eve, if you look real closely, you just might catch a glimpse of the shaven yak on his enchanted canoe. But don't forget to leave a heaping bowl of hot lather by the sink. We're hoping that your holiday is an extra special jolly day. Hello, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Season greetings and best wishes for a joyous holiday. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, December 1, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is uh, the Shaven Yak right over there. That's me. Yep. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you want free legal advice, head over to TheBowenLawGroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link on the podcast page. Well, here we are, uh, Thursday. The Trump- you, do re- you do realize the the irony within our new open, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that we've got, uh, 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 what's his name, saying never give up, never surrender. Yeah, Tim Allen is a Republican. Tim Allen, who is a diehard Trump supporter. He's a Trump supporter. <laughs> I mean, I like that. Movie. I mean, that, that did. Quest is an awesome movie. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it did, it did absolutely occur to me that, uh, <laughs> that Tim Allen is a uh, Trump supporter, and he's in our open now. But I, I just love that line, and I love that movie, and there is, you're right, there's a great irony in the fact that we're using Tim Allen's voice, a Trump supporter, in our open. Uh, well, you know what, maybe it's good. Maybe we're like kind of exploiting it. We're sticking it to the man. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're making a, uh, a statement. Like, uh, you know what? <laughs> if you support Trump, we're going to abuse you. We're going to put you in the show. All right. Um... I'm not sure what's going on. I, not a good way to start the show. I'm not sure what's going on with your microphone today, but it sounds like your your voice is compressed or something. I don't know. I'm right here. We are using uh, what? We're using. We're not using Skype these days because there's something crazy going on, something kooky happening with Skype. So we're using. Your voice is coming to us via Google Chat, or it's a, like a Google Hangout. 
So I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it'll work. <laughs> maybe we'll stick with it. Maybe we'll have to stop the show at some point and, and reboot you. That's how we, we do things on the show here. Okay, so we're in uh, day 16 of the Trump dictatorship. And, uh, well, we... Everyone seems to love this. It is good. <laughs> yep. The Clown Dictator, day 16. I mean, whatever we can get our hands on to make us to make us smile. And this certainly does. Uh, all right, so um, let's just dive in. New numbers out of the uh, out of the election. Hillary Clinton's popular vote margin of victory is now up to two point five million votes. God. What's going on with the recount? I haven't heard much about it aside from Jill Stein posturing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the recount. All I do know is that uh, the recount has already commenced in Wisconsin. So that's good news. Um, what I've been telling anyone who sends me an email or a DM and says, Bob, what's going on? I just say, well, look, we have to, uh, we have to calibrate our expectations here. I seriously doubt that it's going to change the results of the election, though, I remain hopeful that it could because I need I think it needs to. I think someone needs to step up. I don't care if it's electors, I don't care if it's this uh this recount, someone needs to step up and, and stop this. You know, I wrote a piece for the Banter magazine uh this week. It should be out today, Thursday, December first. It should be it should drop yeah, sometime when, today. Whenever I finish mine. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be out once I finish my piece. That's right. We're all waiting for Chess. Uh, but, you know, I, I wrote about how we live in a post-11-9 world now, and so many of the things that I relied upon for basically 30 years for an entire education in political science has now been blown out the window because of this election. And, and one of those things has been the Electoral College. And I've talked about this on the show recently uh, since the election, and I really believe that my posture on the electoral college has with many things been completely decimated i mean i I always thought the electoral college was there to prevent people from like donald trump from becoming president of the united states and if they're not going to do that job i don't know what the hell the use of the electoral college is if they're not going to stop an obvious dictator from rising to power there's no point to it. We have to go to a popular vote system. We have we have far too my thing is that we have far too much faith in America. Yeah. And you know my feeling about this. Mm-hmm. You know oh, yeah. you know what a cynical prick I am. <laughs> but because I genuinely believe that our experiment has pretty much failed. And and I think by the way that that was the entire goal of Russia's interference. Oh yeah. was to show that our way is fucked. Yeah. That it's that it's open to corruption. That it's uh, that it's a failure. That it's a failure is a way of life. And they did I, it. I, I, well, and they they totally did it. I mean, that absolutely. that was. I mean, I, everything is shaken now. I, I don't know. I can't trust polls. I can't trust the the, the electoral college. You know, I, there are certain things about even going back to the primary. There are certain things about my perception of of what what politics is all about. I, it, it, everything is uh, everything is upside down now. Uh, I thought for sure that in this election, in the general election, that moderate voices, that that people who like normalcy would win the day. I, I yeah. never thought in a million years that 
like a crazy economic populist message would actually win in a in the process of using the most ridiculous political campaign in the history of politics. There's the other thing. I mean, you operate throughout the course of the general election thinking there's no possible way yeah, this, this ridiculous guy's a moron. Yeah. Clinton is completely on message. She's raised more money than him. She has, uh, you know, she's more focused. She's her campaign is smarter in terms of getting out the vote. And yeah, I mean, it just and I don't swear to God, you know what? I get it. One of the things that I'm writing in my little piece for today is everybody's doing the postmortem. Uh, mm-hmm. This election is basically a Rorschach test. You know, you can see in it what you want to see in it. And if you have a specific bias or a soapbox you want to get on, this election has given you the ability to get on it, which is why I've been inundated for two weeks, three weeks, whatever the hell it is, with, uh, with you know, people uh, asking me to atone for the fact that I said that Hillary Clinton wasn't a flawed candidate. Ah, see, see, <laughs> like, you know what? She honestly wasn't. No. She was a boilerplate politician. Yeah. That's all she was. Yeah. And in another time, that wasn't that big a fucking deal. Right, right. But suddenly now it is, especially when you have so many people, so many bad actors working against you. Mm. Yeah, that, that, exactly. that apparently is just, you know, that is the equivalent. The the things that, you know, the, the minor things that are on Clinton's, uh, in Clinton's history, that crap is is apparently the equivalent of some lunatic, yeah. you know, some just absolute, <laughs> just buffoon. Yeah, ex- nothing about anything. I mean, everything I know about politics says that Donald Trump should not have won this election. It should have been a blowout. It should have been an, a 1964 level blowout. No, it should. It really should have been. And there's there's no excuse for Donald fucking Trump being president of the United States. That is that hurts me to even say. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, it, it really, you know, I've, I've talked and this is another thing that I'm writing about is, you know, we've kind of lost the the luxury of just being trivial and frivolous and being trivial and frivolous oh, no. is, is a, I think, a kind of a nice thing. I think yeah, you, yeah. I think your brain needs it. Mm-hmm. I think it needs the escapism and the release every once in a while. And I can't bring myself to be anything but pissed. And that that's all I want to write about. That's all I want to express. And it is I am the first one to say that it is a lot of times unfocused rage. It is just banging on key saying, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm I'm there, too. I just I've wired myself to sort of gallows humor that I've adopted with uh, with politics right now where all at once I'm discouraged and enraged and baffled. Just I mean, again, going back to what I wrote for banter magazine i am utterly baffled by the complete upending of everything that we knew prior to 11 9 and now it's just upside down and so it's i i can't help but to laugh i you know i've got to play like this (laughs) you know i have to look at it through a clown prism and that's the only way i can keep from getting uh completely depressed because what I'm seeing is this doing terrible things. You know, it, we can't forget that it is the Imperial March, and they did have the Death Star and the, the, the capability of blowing up the whole planet. And that is um, that is kind of what Donald Trump's all about right now. We've got we've got in the show today, and this is where it's all going to start policy wise. 
We've got some good news, bad news, good news, and bad news. There's like two items of good news, two items of bad news when it comes to uh, to healthcare in the United States. So we're going to talk about that coming up. This is where things can start to be destroyed. Um, we also have news of something that relates back to what Richard Engel was saying about uh, warning signs of forthcoming autocracy. <laughs> and it's actually happening. One of the first things in that list is is occurring uh, coming up here with Donald Trump. Um, we also got to talk about this carrier deal in Indiana. And then, uh, oh, and then also uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Donald Trump's pick for Treasury Secretary Steve Munchkin. No, it's not Steve Munchkin. It's Steve Mnuchin. Not Steve. I'm stealing this bit from Stephanie Miller, by the way. Hi, Stephanie. I told her on her show that I'm stealing her Steve Munchkin joke. (laughs) So I have. There it is. Uh, What can I say? So, yeah, and we were talking about on the show the other morning, uh, Wednesday morning. That basically this show and the Stephanie Miller show is just one big show. And it's just everything, all the bits and, and, and memes and everything is just getting cross-pollinated. I guess that's the best way to put it. <laughs> we're just, we're cross-breeding the Bob and Chez show with the Stephanie Miller show now. That's just okay. how it happens. All, our bits are their bits and their bits are our bits. Um, I almost completely forgot. We were talking about the polls and and the results of this election. Nate Silver released this spreadsheet yesterday that I'm surprised this has not been the graphic to share all over Facebook, all over Twitter. I certainly shared it, but this is what was alarming to me. You know, Donald Trump outperformed the polls by approximately three points on average. He beat his polls. Now, this is This is alarming to me because it goes back to what we were all looking at on election night, which is that how the hell did he win Michigan? How did he win Pennsylvania? How did he win Wisconsin? None of this makes any sense. He outperformed his polling in Wisconsin by 6.1 points. The polls showed him losing Wisconsin by 5.4 points. Then he actually won Wisconsin by 0.7 points, giving him an outperformance in Wisconsin, outperforming his polls by 6.1 points. That's a lot. Yep. (laughs) That's a lot. That, to me, you know, you want to talk about the definition of of words like hinky? That'd be hinky. I think outperforming your polls by six points. Yeah. Oh, I, I, again, you know what? I'm sorry, but there's... (laughs) Uh, I, I, am not, I don't, you know, my feeling about conspiracy theories, I don't subscribe to them. My attitude is that if you make a, a, uh, an outlandish claim, the more outlandish the claim, the more evidence you need to have to back it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I, I, this is why I have no issue with somebody at least looking into it. Right. And and this doesn't have anything to do. This doesn't necessarily point to any sort of hacking conspiracy by the right. Russian government no, or anything no. like that. I mean, this could be entirely about voter suppression, voter purges, uh, co- the closing of uh, polling places and things like that. All of the things that happen on the level, things that we know about that right. the, the Republican Party has been dealing in for many, many years now. And, and the consequences of that is we get Donald Trump, you know, in the... Uh, in all of the states that Donald Trump won, he only underperformed his polling in three states. Yeah. New, New Mexico, Nevada, and Colorado. Every place else, he outperformed his polling. 
uh, Virginia, he outperformed his polling. Good Lord, Virginia was just, remember election night, Virginia was just touch and go. I mean, we actually thought that he might actually win Virginia. And Virginia was like Hillary Clinton's big firewall, remember? Yeah, I remember. I His, remember. I'm, you know. I mean, he was uh, he was predicted to lose Virginia by 5.4 points. He actually there lost. Was, there was a certain point in, you know, being in California where I just went out and drank <laughs> on that night where I just I, I just said, things are not looking good. Wake me in the morning and tell me what happens. And I'm just, I just went out and had a drink. I mean, that was it. I mean, that was the beginning of just utter political shock, uh, you know, where everything where my view of politics and political science and I'm talking about the science of politics just began to crumble. It's just like, oh, my what this doesn't none of this makes sense. it's like looking in on an alien culture or a culture that has been uh, co-opted by time travelers skewing our timeline into some weird alternative universe. It was so utterly bizarre. Virginia, he ended up uh, losing Virginia by just 5.3 points, outperforming his polls by uh, 0.1 points. Um, in let's see, let's move up to Michigan, Michigan, his, uh, he was slated to lose Michigan by four points. Yeah. He actually won Michigan by 0.2 points outperforming his poll by 4.2 points in Michigan. And I think the thing that gets to me is that reverse this for a minute. Yeah. You know, the Democrats were so, they always are. They always are. They're so quick to be the good guys because guess what? In, in a past life, that was the, or even now, that's the way they should be. They should be the decent party that says, you know what? The people have spoken. Yeah. You know, we, we're going to cooperate. And you know what? We'll do what we can with uh, President Trump. And, um, uh, you know, we don't like, we'll fight back against. Yeah. That's the way a normal, rational political party behaves. If this had been reversed, you think the Republicans would have said anything of the sort resembling that? Oh, no. Not absolutely. Not chance no, no we would have been it would have been like 2000 we would have been mired in fucking lawsuits and people you know uh uh you know the hitler youth banging on the doors of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of vo voter recount buildings um you know it just it would not have stopped yeah that's exactly right well it's what they want and that's why that's why they wind up winning in the end because they don't care about anything but power then they will do whatever the fuck it takes to get yep that power that's right that's right. And in fact, they're doing it in North Carolina. Donald Trump himself is doing it. The, the winner of the election, for God's sake, is talking about fraud in the vote. Three million. In fact, three million is the number that they're talking about. Three million fraudulent votes cast. This is Donald Trump. The winners of the election are talking that way. By the way, Pennsylvania, Donald Trump outperformed his polling in Pennsylvania by 4.8 points. Yeah. Staggering. He was slated to lose Pennsylvania by 3.7 points and ended up winning by 1.1 points. <laughs> God damn it. This goddamn election. All right, we're going to talk about uh, something more fun right now. So a couple of years ago, I went to buy a holiday gift for a, a business colleague. I said, you know what? This guy loves Omaha steaks. So I'm going to get I'm going to get my business colleague a bunch of Omaha steaks for uh, for the holidays sent the Omaha steaks to his office, okay? He wasn't there. He'd already left for his holiday vacation, so the Omaha steaks sat in the office 
and obviously became spoiled because they sat there for way too long and they, you know, the uh, refrigerated packaging that Omaha Steaks uses could only last for so long. But so I called Omaha Steaks after and I said, look, this is what happened. They sent him an all new package, whole new order of fresh Omaha Steaks for free. That was awesome. So this is the, the best, one of the best gifts to give for your your steak loving, your meat loving pals, <laughs> colleagues, friends, family members, Omaha Steaks with the holidays coming. How do you find the perfect gift when they seem to already have everything? Maybe you have no ideas at all or need a new idea this year. Here's a way to solve all that with a click of a mouse. No trip to a crowded mall or a crowded superstore. Omaha Steaks with 77, 77% savings just because you listen to the Bob and Chez show. For you, the Omaha Steaks family gift pack for just $49.99. But you have to use our code BCS to get that great price. That's BCS. That's your promo code. Remember that. Write that down. Here's why it's great. For under 50 bucks, you're getting two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four all-gratin potatoes. I love these potatoes the all-gratin potatoes I thank you for this because i needed an explanation as to why i suddenly got a delivery of omaha steaks two weeks ago <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> taryn and i have been trying to figure that out like like we were we weren't willing to open them we're like well wait did somebody poison me <laughs> That's and right. by the way they were, they were they were great thank you and that the, you what you got there was the omaha steaks family gift pack with That's the, exactly why i recognized it i'm like i know this this arrived at my doorstep unannounced yeah. a couple of weeks ago go right i I went right to the au gratin potatoes and the caramel apple tartlets. Unbelievable. I love this stuff. Omaha steaks. Uh, oh, by the way, also in the uh, family gift pack, uh, a packet of Omaha's own steak seasoning. And because Omaha steaks is always generous, four more kielbasas for free. Oh, my God. Imagine all that food for under 50 bucks, but only because you listen to us and use our code BCS in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. There, you'll also find over 500 gourmet gifts, including seafood, poultry, pork, and lamb, appetizers, pasta, soup, sauces, and so much more. Not to mention that tender, delicious aged beef trimmed by hand and vacuum sealed. So don't miss this amazing Bob and Chez offer. Enter our code BCS in the search bar at omahasteaks.com and choose the family gift pack or several for just $49.99 each. BCS at omahasteaks.com. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for supporting the show by shopping at OmahaSteaks.com this year. Um, moving along. The pork, chop, the pork chops are really good. The pork chops are amazing. Those meatballs, too. Yeah. Holy yeah. God, the meatballs. Everything is so good. I, you know, it was and it was great timing too because I uh, I started eating uh, uh, beef again maybe uh, a year and a half ago, and I'm just I can't get enough. I, I spent a couple maybe God almost a couple of decades not eating beef or pork, and I've just I've fallen off the wagon. Is that how you put it? Fall, on is it yeah. on the wagon or I don't know. You're off. The, you've fallen off the wagon. I've fallen. I've fallen off the wagon. Okay, so that that what. Must be what it is. So, and I'm just so glad to have. Uh, you were you were on the meat the the meat wagon. <laughs> the meat wagon is the coolest name for anything ever. The meat wagon, absolutely. So, 
Okay, moving along here. So uh, uh, Donald Trump has apparently bribed Carrier to keep its Indiana factory in Indiana. Um, this is uh, this is a fascinating story, and maybe the first real indication of how Donald Trump is going to pursue policy goals. Dumbly, I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He went and and tried to convince Carrier to keep its uh its HVAC operation, its factory there in Indiana. It's about a thousand jobs, so they've decided to keep a thousand jobs in the United States. Um, but they're still going to move thirteen hundred jobs to Mexico anyway. So Do- I mean, Donald Trump went and negotiated, and obviously through Mike Pence, offered uh, Carrier all kinds of incentives. So. Now, what's going to happen is that every business that has manufacturing factories that it could move that it, or it's going like, to is going to look for a handout. It's exactly. Look for, not not a, no a handouts or handouts the wrong word. It's going to look for it's going to look for a bribe. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're looking for a bribe. Every factory is going to say, "Hey, you know what we can do? We can pretend to move our our operation to Mexico. We can uh, inform the White House, and then they'll give us free stuff." We don't even have to actually do any real operational moving plans. We can just have an outline. Maybe we're going to do it. You know, just throw it out there. Hint that we're going to send manufacturing jobs to Mexico and the Trump administration will give us free stuff. That's an amazing deal. You got to imagine now businesses, CEOs lined up around the block for stuff from Donald Trump because this is how dumb people operate in politics. People who have no business whatsoever operating in the political sphere suddenly running the entire show. No! He had no business being out there! No business! And this is the kind of mess they get themselves into. Is is he actually going to do this? What did he say? I think it was Paul Krugman who said that Donald Trump could do one of these deals every week for the rest of his administration and still only uh, return about 4% of the manufacturing jobs back into the economy that were lost in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Just stupid. But of course, all of the, you know, the Trumpers, the yokels, you know, are going to love this. They're going to embrace this and and think it's something that's, that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. This, absolutely. And this is supposed to be his big claim to fame. This is his big deal, that he's a deal maker, that he can <laughs> deal with these businesses. And he can't. He's just it's he stumbled into what's just going to be this massive giveaway, uh, just a, a conga line of CEOs lining up for handouts. By the way, compared to the thousand jobs saved at Carrier, allegedly by Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Barack Obama's auto bailout saved something like 250,000 jobs at General Motors and Chrysler, one to two million total jobs throughout the entire automotive supply chain. That's uh, via Kevin Drum at Mother Jones. I mean, did anyone say to him? I I don't wonder. Did anyone say to him, maybe it's not such a good idea, Mr. Trump? Of course not. No. (laughs) And if they did, do you think he paid attention? To of them. course not. And by the way, I use because the term- again, because again, and you know the Sarah Palin thing. Yeah. If that's if that's a true story, it, it's such a perfect example of it. Is that Trump? We've said this so many times. Trump has to surround himself with people who are dumber than he is, so that he feels more important. 
Oh, that, yeah. that's, that is a constant within within the Trump uh, sphere of influence is that his subordinates are always morons. Well, I use the term uh, pay attention appropriately because it's not just Trump listening and absorbing the information. I don't even think Donald Trump will pay attention to people talking to him uh, as evidenced by Kellyanne Conway. I think we talked about this. That in order to get Donald Trump to pay attention to his advisors, they've taken to going on television in order to communicate to their boss. Yeah, I mentioned that the other day. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah she gets she goes on TV and she says things knowing that the only way that uh, that uh, he'll listen is on TV because that's what he does. He watches television. That's all you know, he's a fucking moron. Yeah, that's right. He gets all of his information through uh, through television. And this is the chain of command. This is how information works its way through the Donald Trump, for lack of a better term, the Donald Trump West Wing. It has to go by way of Fox News Channel and MSNBC in order to get from Kellyanne Conway to Donald Trump's brain. It has to go by way of CNN. (laughs) You know, this is the dumbest goddamn thing. How in any universe is this? Should this be happening? Again, my my twice per week warning. This is not normal. Right, exactly. We've got to say that throughout the next four to eight years. This is not normal. And I, God, I hope it's not eight years. I hope it's far fewer. By the way, I got in big trouble the other day on Twitter. I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I got in so much trouble because I said, yeah, I would much rather have Mike Pence over Donald Trump. Uh, Sorry. It's just a fact. I know Mike Pence is a paleo conservative. I know he's done horrible things. Oh, I know. I would still rather have him than than Trump. Are you fucking kidding me? He's a relatively, yes, he's paleo conservative, but he is a relatively stable individual. I mean, the biggest deal to me is not the policy agenda of the Trump-Pence administration. It's the crazy crap that's going to happen. Yesterday, Chris Hayes uh, tweeted out this message. He said something to the effect of, Am I the only one having a reoccurring nightmare uh, having to do with North Korea's nuclear weapons? And I I wrote back to Chris Hayes. I said, I think you misspelled the phrase Trump's nuclear weapons, because that's what's making me wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, my God. You know, it's it's Trump having access to nuclear weapons. Someone does something. There's maybe a terrorist attack against uh, an American military base overseas or something here on American soil. Suddenly, Donald Trump is popping off nuclear weapons. Wrong. One of his biggest supporters, Ann Coulter, was tweeting the other day talking about how she supports the liberal usage of nuclear weapons. This is the yeah, mindset. I mean, it's, 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 that's fucking madness. It's utterly terrifying. And so, again, is it is it Mike Pence? Do you honestly think Mike Pence, who's basically a political cookie cutter, he's the same. He's just another Republican. There's nothing outside the mainstream. Let's be let's be honest here. All right. Let's let's give I'm going to give a small benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. If Donald Trump were not the insane, petty uh, narcissist that he is. Mm -hmm. And he had the beliefs, and they were set in stone. He had the the beliefs that he expressed for many, many years in terms of uh, politics, where he was actually surprisingly either liberal, liberal or centrist, at least centrist. Oh, yeah. At least he was he was smart enough to understand that uh, that the best way to go in business is to sort of be able to play both sides of the fence. Yeah. Um, 
if he were still that, if he were that person, and again, if that personality was set and it wasn't up for change at any given moment and given any different kind of oddball stimulus, um, then you know what? I wouldn't worry so much. I really wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Because that because then I think, well, you know what? He might look, you know what? He might actually upend a few things. Nothing wrong with that. But he's not. He's not smart. Yeah. He's not. You know, he's fucking crazy. He's needy. He's desperately needy. He's petty, vengeful, thin skinned. Um, he exploited even if he's not really racist. Misog- Actually, he is misogynistic. <laughs> but, you know, even if he's not a racist, he exploited racism because he knew it would get him applause, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah, right, right. So, I- yeah, I mean, he's he's the, the guy's a fucking monster. He's the he's literally the last other than maybe Sarah Palin. He's literally the last person on Earth who should be president of the United States state yes and in such a big part of this job is being a stable calming influence exactly. on the american people exactly. and, and and the world for that matter and donald trump doesn't satisfy that qualification no, at all by, he, he is temperamentally constitutionally by his very nature a, a destabilizing element to the world yeah and and one of the reasons i think that we're seeing all of this acting out all over the place is because there's there's a bedrock foundation that's created in the White House by the uh, the rational uh, uh, leadership of the President of the United States. We we look to the Oval Office as being this this rock of stability. Like okay, we wake up in the morning, or you know, we we can rest assured knowing that at uh, at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, that the president of the United States is up, awake, worrying about how to uh, help the American people and how how to make the world a better place. Donald Trump is up at three o'clock in the morning, firing off ridiculous tweets at the New York Times and the cast of Hamilton. This <laughs> no wonder people are out of their minds right now. We are far beyond, I said this on Tuesday, Bears, we are far beyond, we're way outside the mainstream right now. And it's not just Trump, it's the entire political atmosphere surrounding him. There have been so many institutions, so many things that we rely on in politics, so many standards that are gone. So I wrote about this week in banter. It's gone. It's poof, vanished. All right. <laughs> and that's and that's, you know, that's what leaves me thinking, uh, you know, if I could, if I didn't have a daughter here, I'd get out of here. Oh, I yeah. might, honestly. Why yep. bother? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, granted, you can't escape the shadow of the United States anywhere in the world. You can't. But no, well, you know what? Move to, you know, move to uh, to fucking Australia and open a wallaby. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, I've never really seriously put uh, any uh, extensive thought into it, but the idea has popped into my head. Boy, a wallaby is an animal, right? It's not like a plant or something. I think it, a wallaby is an animal. But you can have a farm like a, like a, you know, like a, uh, like grow, like I don't know, maybe you, I can guess grow you can grow them. Can, can you too, manufacture but, wallabies of some sort? I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah. I, I would open a wallaby manufacturing plant in uh, Australia. <laughs> Oh, God, yes. And if, you, and if you need to shave your wallaby, make sure to get some Harry's Razors. How about that? If you're interested in shaving your wallaby, Harry's Razors for the holidays. And your wallaby. Uh, the holidays are great, except when it comes to finding the right gift, especially for men. That's why I am buying Harry's Razors for all of the, uh, the guys and, and the women on my uh, holiday shopping list. Because it's not just about your face, it's about your legs. Ladies, you shave your legs. Harry's razors for your legs, too. You imagine that? 
But for a guy's gift that's both personal and practical, I recommend Harry's new limited edition shave set with a midnight blue chrome handle. You can even get that handle engraved with his initials. Insane. This limited edition gift set also includes three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges, each with a flex tinge, a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade, and Harry's foaming shave gel. It smells amazing, all in a beautifully designed gift box for just 30 bucks. And for just $10, there's Harry's starter set. It's a great stocking stuffer and a great gift for yourself, too. You can buy yourself something. I could stop here, but it gets even better because Harry's has partnered with Bob and Chez Show for this holiday gift special Five bucks off of your order if you use the code B-A-N-D-C when you check out. Oh, but wait, as they say, there's more. How about free shipping on top of that $5 off? Free shipping, it is that. Today through December 9th while supplies last, so today would be good. Just use the code B-A-N-D-C when you check out with a possibly engraved Midnight Blue limited edition gift set. Uh, you heard about right here. Use your code at harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Oh, my God. You also, you know what? Lots of shopping to do. So do do your shopping at Amazon.com through our Amazon link. Thank you. It's the best way. Oh, my God. One of the best ways to support the show. If you buy all of your uh, Christmas gifts through our Amazon link. All right. So moving along here uh, with today's show, uh, as I said, the uh, the new Treasury Secretary looks like it's going to be uh, Steve. Is it Steve Munchkin? We represent no, no, it's not Steve Munchkin. Steve Mnuchin. That's how you pronounce the guy's name. Uh, Trump's economic. Who's a guy who has? It, it should be said right now. Thankfully, has never given a speech to Goldman Sachs. <laughs> That's right. Because he didn't need to. He was on their fucking payroll. Oh God. For how many years? Was it 18 years? Did I get that right? Yeah. Do you really think Steve Mnuchin is interested in reaching out to white blue collar workers in the Rust Belt? I don't think so. A guy, a guy who a guy who worked for Goldman Sachs and produced Avatar. That's right. <laughs> helped to help to basically, you know, help to gather money for Avatar. Right. He was also, uh, let's see, New York Stock Exchange, the hedge fund billionaire George Soros, and the chief executive of the investment bank Goldman Sachs flashed across the screen. That would be Steve Mnuchin. Steve, very strong. He going rogue. <laughs> he was a, he was a, he ran a hedge fund with George Soros. Jesus God. This is this is the Donald Trump Treasury Secretary. And look, I mean, ultimately, I'm not overly bent out of shape about Steve Mnuchin. Certainly, we could use a few uh, less uh, Goldman Sachs executives in the United States government. Um, but it's just funny to me. This is I mean, we've got to find the laughs where we can get them. Well, yeah, it's I mean, that's but uh, exactly there's that. And there's the Petraeus thing, who is a guy who all this (laughs) fucking stink that was made over Hillary Clinton's goddamn private email server. And here's a guy who actually fed classified information to a woman he was boning. Yes, was convicted of of doing that. Unlike unlike Hillary Clinton. Oh, God. (laughs) And we don't know yet. It could be Petraeus. It could be Mitt Romney. And by the way. I'm just I'm loving that photo and and all of the uh, the photoshops that are happening all the memes that around photo the, is, the photo is, it's difficult to describe how perfect that is it really is Trump and uh, Romney at that table Tr- Romney just looking like someone's got his right nut between their index finger and thumb and is ready to squeeze 
That's what it looks like. Like, and it kind of looks like actually Donald Trump. Donald Trump's little tiny hands are under the table. I don't know what to make of of the Romney <laughs> thing. There's a part of I don't me either. That, that you know that that thinks, "Fuck you, right? Fuck you for selling out so easily." Yeah, such a bootlicker. Um, but you know, but there is. Look, you know what? I am somebody who believes that politics is compromise, and and I can see if Romney is this smart, I can see him saying, "Look, you know what? If I don't do this, he's going to pick somebody who's a fucking lunatic." Oh so yeah. Maybe I better just bite the bullet, swallow my fucking dignity, which is what that picture looks like, mm. and do this for this goddamn moron. Because otherwise, you know, God, God you know, I, one can only imagine who we would pick. You know, uh, uh. Fucking, uh, um, oh, no doubt. It'd be, it would absolutely be Secretary of State Meatloaf. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Secretary of State Gary Busey. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? That, but that, uh, not too far outside the realm of possibility for, for Donald Trump because he's looking at picking Sarah Palin for <laughs> Veterans Affairs. <laughs> Sarah Palin might actually be a cabinet secretary. They're actually talking about that. That's a real thing going on. Sarah Palin. Steve, very strong. He going rogue. Good Lord. This is so Donald Trump can always be the smartest man in the room. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. And by the way, you know, I mean, I'm Steve Mnuchin's probably a, a bright guy. Yeah, he's a bright guy. Uh, so is Mitt Romney. I love cars. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, he's this this thing that he has where he has to be. He he everyone has to know that he's the one who's in charge. Oh, I yes. Just just. Oh, I, I can't even stomach that that's the personality of the leader of the free world. And, we, and I say the leader of the free world, by the way, because he is no longer Donald Trump is no, the presidency of the United States is no longer the most powerful position in the world. The most powerful position in the world is occupied by Vladimir Putin. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. our president is a fucking puppet to him. Right. And, you know, by the way, here's a big downside of Mitt Romney becoming secretary of state. I love cars. You know, I don't know what you've read about Putin. What I've read about Putin is that he doesn't seem to respect people who grovel. That, right. Those aren't the, <laughs> those aren't Putin's kind of people. Grovelers. And, of course, that's what Mitt Romney has done. Mitt Romney has been forced to grovel. Now, thank God, this is the positive side of this, thank God there are still some people in American politics who respect the traditions of American politics, and that is Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is respecting the traditions of American politics. When the president-elect, when the forthcoming president summons you to a meeting, I don't care if it's Donald Trump or Barack Obama or Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan, it doesn't matter. If you are called to the White House or if you're called to the office of the president-elect, you go and you respect that wish at the very least. And you meet with the president-elect, even if he calls you twice and, and you go in there and do it twice. Yeah. That's again, that's a sign that at least there's some sort of uh, uh, eye on stability, eye on tradition out there. And that's why I don't begrudge uh, a Tulsi Gabbard or anyone else showing up at Trump Tower. What I do begrudge is the fact that all of this crap is taking place at Trump Tower. Oh, of course. That dinner was at John George. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because of course it was. And I'm sure, by the way, that there aren't any hackers or taps on the Trump Tower communications lines. I'm sure, I'm sure everything is completely secure going on there at Trump Tower. Oh, God. We're so screwed. All right, one last yeah, break. You know he's monitoring everything. He's like Nixon. <laughs> yeah. You know he's recording everything. Oh, my God, yes. 
Yes. I mean, the only good thing about about Trump being from New York is you've seen the reaction he gets in New York when mm-hmm. he walks out the door in Manhattan, at least. I mean, he can go out into, you know, go to f-ing Staten Island and people will blow him. Mm-hmm. But in Manhattan, at least every time I mean, I'm hoping anyway that every time he steps out his front door, the people are just going to be f-ing throwing tomatoes at him. Yeah. By the way, I'm getting amazing response on the uh, the possibility of renting a billboard with his stupid double chins on it. Okay. I so want to do that. I so want to troll Donald Trump with a billboard. Probably the best place would be in Times Square, uh, but I'm also looking at Mar-a-Lago as a possibility (laughs) because it's going to be less expensive to do it in Mar-a-Lago. There might be more of an opportunity for him to see it. I want him to be able to see it from where he is. I want to be able to know that he can see it, which is why if there was a billboard across from Trump Tower, that would be perfect, but there isn't. So I guess Times Square would have to suffice, but... You know, Mar-a-Lago might even be better. I have to look at Google Maps and see, like, the street view, see if there are any good, uh, like, clear channel billboards right no, near. No, there, there aren't. I can, t- I can tell you now. You're talking about Palm Beach. Oh, so yeah. No. no, I guess not. But maybe uh, maybe on the road from the, uh, the nearest airport, <laughs> between the uh, airport and the actual resort, maybe there. Maybe there's an opportunity there for a billboard. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Uh, one last break. Back with more show right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back. The Donald Trump tennis ball machine continues to uh, fire away. <laughs> tennis ball machine. <laughs> People loving the uh, the tennis ball machine sound, right? And uh, and the clown car version of the uh, the Imperial March. I well, I love that one too. All right, so uh, what do we got next? What's what's next in the goddamn tennis ball machine? I guess, uh, oh, shit. Remember we talked about Richard Engel's uh, warning signs of forthcoming autocracy? He was talking yes. about, you know, the, uh, the chief executive using words like uh, treason and cancer to describe opponents. Right. Uh, he also mentioned something about victory rallies as being a warning sign of an autocrat rising to power well and trump trump wants to tour the states that he won that's right donald trump is going to uh go to indiana 
uh, to bask in the uh, vi- the carrier victory. Apparently, apparently that's a victory. He's going to start doing a victory tour. President-elect begins a victory lap on Thursday, celebrating not only his victory in November, but also his seeming success at keeping some well-paid manufacturing jobs in the United States. First, Mr. Trump scheduled to visit a carrier plant in Indianapolis after the company announced it would keep 1,000 jobs there, shelving plans to move them to Mexico. The details of what exactly Mr. Trump agreed to in the negotiations with the manufacturer remain unclear, as we said before. Next stop after that is Cincinnati. Mr. Trump will head to a rally in Cincinnati to thank uh, to say thank you to Ohio, which he carried and where no recount is being demanded. Mr. Trump exalted in his campaign rallies and seemed uh, itching to return to the adulation of the crowds. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. I can only imagine what's going to go on inside and outside that uh, series of Trump victory rallies. Also, New Orleans, the victory tour dates are dribbling out. Mr. Pence will be in New Orleans, uh, New Orleans on Saturday. Tickets are now available according to New York Times. Oh, God, it's beginning. That's it's it's really it's really starting. Um, one of the things I'm covering extensively, and I've decided to, to, to go ahead and do this for obvious reasons. I covered it a lot in 2009. I think, in fact, everything I wrote in 2009 had to do with the passage of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, now that it's on the chopping block, <laughs> I guess I'm going to be covering this now. Uh, we've got good news and bad news on this front. Okay, well, first we'll start with the good news. Senate Republicans apparently are walking away from the privatization of Medicare. Uh, but <laughs> that's the good news. It's so they can focus uh, full-time on repealing Obamacare. So... <laughs> Maybe Medicare will be uh, protected, but it's only so they can spend all of their political capital trying to repeal Obamacare. Republican senators are signaling that they shouldn't be tackling Medicare privatization anytime soon, at least not as part of repealing and replacing Obamacare. The to-do list for the Senate is already long. Senators are trying to have Trump's cabinet to confirm, and they have to find a way to make good on Obamacare repeal and replace plan uh, that many predict will take years. Senator Lamar Alexander, chair of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, was blunt about the outlook for major Medicare overhaul. Quote, I think we should leave Medicare for another day, he said. Medicare has solvency problems. We need to address those. But trying to do that at the same time we deal with Obamacare falls in the category of biting off more than we can chew. By the way, Obamacare extended the solvency lifespan of Medicare by at least 11 years, incidentally, because what it, did, it just it raised uh, Medicare taxes slightly on people earning $250,000 or more. If you're earning $250,000 or more, you can pay a little bit extra in, in Medicare. I think that's reasonable. Um, so more good news. Let's, let's shift to some good news. No public support right now for an Obamacare repeal. This is really, 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 really good news. Only about one in four Americans wants uh, Trump to repeal Obamacare. But he's not going to. He's not. What he's going to do is he's going to adjust it, as he says. He's going to. He's going to. I'm going to keep the good parts, and you know, I'll, I'll jettison the rest. Well, yeah, but he's going to find out that that's not going to be possible. Like he's going. Yeah, he's going to keep Obam- Obamacare in place by keeping the pre-existing condition language, and according to Trump, the part about children living with their parents, <laughs> which doesn't exist in the law. Um, he's going to keep those parts, but if you keep those parts, you have to keep other parts in order for those parts to make any sense. If you're going to keep the pre-existing conditions language, you have to keep the mandate. If you keep the mandate, you have to keep the subsidies. So what's the point? 
Only about one in four Americans wants President-elect Donald Trump to entirely repeal his predecessor's health care law that extended coverage to millions, a new poll has found. The post-election survey released Thursday by the nonpartisan Kaiser Family Foundation also found hints of a pragmatic shift among some Republican foes of Obamacare. While 52% of Republicans say they want the law completely repealed, that share is down from 69%, my favorite number, just last month before the election. And more Republicans now say they want the law, quote unquote, scaled back under the new uh, president and GOP Congress, with that share more than doubling from 11 percent before the election to 24 percent after. Kaiser CEO Drew Altman said the foundation's polling experts aren't quite sure what to make of that finding. We'll continue to track the apparent shift in future polls. It could be that some Republicans, quote, got a protest vote off their chests and they're done with that, Altman said. They now have a more uh, moderate position in practice. Uh, this is this is going to be really fascinating. I'm just I am now um, anticipating this fight, which will begin basically on January 20th. I mean, it's going to begin on inauguration day. To see how this moves forward is both um, interesting and terrifying, because really, I mean, for me, this is as personal as it gets. This debate over Obamacare because. Chez and I both get our insurance through Obama, the uh, the California Exchange, and if that goes away, you know we're screwed. And I don't think the California Exchange is going anywhere. I mean, the California Exchange could actually remain in place. I mean, it's entirely possible that some of the exchanges are independent enough, but they do I mean, need. Here's the th- here's the thing about California. I on the one hand, I I, lo- I mean, obviously, I love it. I love living here, um, and I think that that. Um, Jerry Brown is going to be a sort of a thorn in the side of, of uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad thing is that Jerry Brown may be a thorn in the side of Trump. And I can see <laughs> yeah, Trump yeah. being the petty, vindictive little shit that he is who can't be challenged, um, really, really going all out to put his, you know, to put his his uh, uh, boot on the face of California. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it could happen in more than one way. It could also happen when it comes to uh, marijuana laws. That's, a, that's another possibility there, that uh, Donald Trump's uh, Justice Department is going to overrule uh, state-level marijuana legalization. That'll be fun. <laughs> That'll be fun. You know oh. what, dude? You know, I, maybe I finally, even though Texas f***ing sucks, yeah. and I, I'd be so thrilled if they just vanished off the face of the earth, mm-hmm. but maybe I get it now. You know what, dude? Just leave us the f- <laughs> Go away. I know. We like how we're doing it. And more importantly than that, unlike Texas, we have the sixth largest economy in the world I and know. the largest economy in the United States. Fucking leave us alone. We're doing it right. I, you know, I said this on our eleven uh, nine show the day after Election Day. I said, California is now our safe space. It is. Huh? It really is. I never needed a safe space, but you know what? This is a pretty good one. Yeah, a pretty good one. Uh, by the way, bad news on the uh, Obamacare front. It's possible that they're going to repeal and not replace, that they may end up repealing right out of the chute and, and taking at least a year to replace. This is from uh, Talking Points memo, memo. A Senate GOP tips its hand and Obamacare replacement could be way off. It's going to take us a while to make that transition from repeal to actually replacing it with more affordable health care uh, coverage, which provides people better access. Senator John Cornyn. The Senate Majority Whip told reporters on Tuesday, that's really bad news. That means a repeal without a replace, which means just it. That's it. Like, yeah, you're, I mean, you're they're, cut do, off. they're doing it just to be spiteful. Just because, you know, well, that's an Obama thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's tear, that's tearing down the uh, that's tearing down the Obama statue in the time in uh, in the middle of the town square. Right. That's precisely. Just because, yeah, just just to, to show, you know, USA, USA. And 20 million people will then lose their health insurance. And yep. then and then all the people with their employer based plans will have suddenly plans that are much, much worse than they anticipated. Those plans were improved yep. significantly because of Obamacare, and now, boy, everybody's screwing themselves, all those Trump voters. All right, the Postmortem Show is coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye.